the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Tuesday, July 28th edition of The Ride's Homes with John and Kathy. Kath, good to see you. How are you today? I haven't ridden anywhere. Mm-hmm. Just, I want to add the S because it is, a, you know, for a lot of us, the Pittsburgh thing to do. I was thinking of going to Panera's tonight. Yeah, I go to Panera's. Don't mm-hmm. you go to Panera's? Oh, you go to Panera's. Yeah. Stop uh-huh. at Target's on the way back. <laughs> now, listen, okay, you bring this up because you told me a little earlier today that Pittsburghers have this propensity for adding S's at the end, end of, like, Aldi's. Right. I always thought it was Aldi's. Right. It's not. I, I and that now. let me tell you how embarrassing it was when I was in Germany and said that. Where, you know, Aldi is from. And the person I was saying it to, yeah. ironically. Now, what are the chances? I mean, Germany's not as big a country as the United States, but it's also not a small country. Yeah. The man I was talking to when I said Aldi's was the owner, the president of Aldi's next door neighbor. <laughs> so he knew the proper pronunciation. And he said, what are you saying? Oh, you're saying Aldi's, but it uh-huh. should be Aldi. So what's the deal? Clue me in on this. Okay, so this is an article in The Incline today by Rosalind Culgan, Mm -hmm. and she investigates why, you know, kind of the answer to your question, John, why why do we choose to do this? Why, you know, if you watch Pittsburgh Dad, he talks about going to Giant Eagles. That's what you do. Okay, this is what she said. She said she thinks that this habit, this is Barbara Johnstone, who's uh, quoted, professor of English and linguistics at CMU. She said, I think it's this habit that's come from the days when shops were named after their owner. And because Pittsburgh still has the small town vibe, and a lot of us think in a small town way, we think of places like Minio's. Sure. Or Primanis. Mm-hmm. Or Isley's. Yeah. Or Little Shoes. Or mm-hmm. uh, Kaufman's. Right? Or even Macy's, which isn't local. Right. Um, but that's in our head. And yeah. so we kind of think that we want to, you know, we want to honor the Isley's family by saying that that's the shot, that's their shop. So we put a possessive on it and right. now we want to do that for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in my growing up, our little neighborhood corner store was Butler's, you know, I, I believe the exactly. guys, I believe it really was Butler, but it really was for us Butler's, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the store that belongs to the Butler family. Exactly. Or it's yes. run by the Butler family, right? Now, why is this, is this a particular Pittsburgh thing yes. or is it just... Why is that Pittsburgh? Well, here's the thing. They can't, it's not, there's no reason why they can find that it's centered here. Hmm. Um, There's no reason why this couldn't happen in other places, but for some reason it doesn't. And so they're really, they're really not sure what it is. Um, They interviewed a man by the name of Kurt Wooten. Uh, Well, Kurt Wooten's Pittsburgh dad, pardon me. He's the one who says giant eagles. And he was interviewed for the article and he said he remembers as a teenager trying to, trying to teach his mom that it was Trax Farm and not Trax's Farm. 
<laughs> I, I believe it's this. Pittsburghers are Pittsburghers always like a little extra. So just as we're famous for the Pittsburgh left, well, then why wouldn't we add an S on to things? Because we like things and then a little more. It sounds so lame. Aldi's? I don't know. No, it's terrible. Okay, how about this? Also in the article, they're talking about how many people say, I'm going to go to Olive Gardens. Oh, no. Yeah, really? Olive Gardens and Walmarts. What the heck? Now, come on. Yeah. I've never heard that. Listen, that's what they say. They also said, this was kind of funny that it ended up in the article, that Sally Wigan, who was on the air on Channel 4 here in Pittsburgh for a very long time, yeah. her name is perpetually added an S2. Sally Wiggins. So people call her Sally Wiggins. Yeah. But she's Even Sally Wigan. She's Sally Wiggins. She's not Sally Wiggins. To me, mm-hmm. to me, she's always been Sally Wiggins. Right. <laughs> that's funny. Uh-huh. She said, when I hear the yes on it, it's like someone taking their nails on a chalkboard and dragging them down. It just sends a chill <laughs> up my spine. Well, what about Mr. Rogers? Well, Mr. Rogers actually had an S on the okay, end of his good. name. We, right. didn't, we, we didn't put it there. Sacrilegious. I mean, I don't want to be you know, misidentifying Mr. Right. Rogers. I mean, so, Poor man. So when you go to JCPenney. Yeah. Pennies. People say pennies, right? Yeah. I'm going to pennies. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, do, do you think people outside Pittsburgh say pennies? Yes, I do. Yes, I think it's a common thing. Yeah, but you don't really know that. You're just guessing, right? No, I am guessing, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. Right. Mm-hmm. However, you know, J.C. Penny Penny's has fallen on hard times. They're supposed to leave Monroeville Mall. Looks like they've rolled that back. So Penny's is still going to stick around. Mm-hmm. Scott Kiesling, who's a University of Pittsburgh linguistics professor, also quoted in this article, and he said that all of the history of these places that we um, talk about with the possessive also has like an affection attached to it so right. when we talk about isley's we think well oh, that's like a hometown place mm-hmm. and so maybe we want to make the olive garden a hometown place as well when's the last time you were at the olive garden pre-pandemic oh well i haven't been anywhere post-pandemic oh, for the most part no, so no. uh i i don't know it's been a, a a year i mean when we used to go to work do you remember those days john oh yeah yeah we used we, to go to olive garden once in uh, a while. the actual station uh, right. we used to go to olive garden a lot because it was right down the street right wouldn't you love to i'd love to go to olive garden right now I love to have their Olive Garden salad. Oh, I, and how about the minestrone soup, which I think is mm, very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, so don't add an S because it just S. makes you sound like a yinzer. John's and Kathy's, the ride homes. The ride homes. John Halls. I get that a lot too. It's John, John Halls. Halls. Mm-hmm. John Halls, like the cough right. drops. Yes, right. All right, coming up on today's show. Boy, this is going to be a lot. I'm excited. I don't know how we're going to squeeze all this in into it. Oh, hours. we'll find time. Will we? Okay, we're going to have a, an open phone session. Do I call it a session? Segment, Sessions. whatever it is. Yeah. I've been in radio for a while. You'd think I'd have a name for it. Anyway, at 525, we're going to open up the phones for you. And the question for today is, what's your church doing this Sunday? Are you doing an online thing? Are you gathering in person? And what do you think about it? Are you still engaged or not? We saw an interesting survey uh, that was put out by the Barna Group a couple of weeks ago that said that since COVID-19 has started, people who previously attended church regularly are broken into three equal groups. One group is still engaged, even doing it online. The second group has started kind of sampling other churches to kind of see what their online worship's like. And the third group has completely given it up. Oh, what group are you in? I'm in the first group. I am too. I'm engaged big time. Yeah, I love it. Me too. I'm I love it. Strange. I love the online thing. I mean, I appreciate people are still, you know, but I don't want to go look at somebody else's service. I no, want I'm to not see doing that. my I want to people. See my, right. 
My family. Yeah, me too. That's all. What do you guys I love it. Anyway, that's in the five o'clock hour. Coming up next, Dr. John Kessler, formerly of Moody Bible Institute, will talk about dangerous virtues. Are you eating too much in quarantine? Mm, We'll find out next. The Tuesday edition of the Ride Home. WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Does prayer really affect our everyday lives? There's not a failure in my life, in your life, but what somehow it is a prayer failure. Our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from the evil one. He would never have taught you to pray that if he did not intend to deliver you. Hear Adrian Rogers teach about the school of prayer on the next Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. You know what you could do? You could completely rid of all the grass in your backyard and turn it into a gigantic neon green trampoline park. Or you could turn all the walls in your home office into a massive vending machine display where only you know the special code and only Rolos and Fritos pop out. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And one thing we're seeing from hundreds of families across the country is the cash out refinance. Home values have gone up significantly the last few years, leaving many families with the ability to cash out the equity in their home to use for life. Usually it's for normal things like paying off credit card debt or doing home upgrades, but it could be for a vending machine room. Just saying. If you're curious of your options, we'd love to help. We are United Faith Mortgage. See our story and read how our direct lender advantage can often save your family monthly and lifelong money. At UnitedFaithMortgage.com. Wahoo! United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. How do you keep a biblical perspective in a pandemic accompanied by a mental health crisis? As COVID-19 has spread, prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications have nearly doubled. Yet in a world consumed by worry, God has a purpose for anxiety. And that's the subject of a timely new book, The End of Anxiety. The Biblical Prescription for Overcoming Fear, Worry, and Panic. Written by pastor and biblical counselor Josh Weidman, it offers his personal prescription with practical steps and biblical answers for coping with stress and deepening trust and dependence on God. The End of Anxiety can help you find peace and joy in times of uncertainty, fear, and darkness. Our main goal as Christians is to glorify God in everything we do, and as the author opens his life and personal journey in this book, he shows how suffering, anxiety, and our mental battles can bring God the glory. The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for Overcoming Fear, Worry, and Panic. Available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Learn more at endofanxiety.com. Got grays? Then you've got to get your hands on the number one root concealer in the world from L'Oreal. Magic Root Cover-Up Spray. In just three, two, one, you're done. Sprays on easily, dries in a flash, washes out in one shampoo, works on every hair color and every hair texture. Magic Root Cover-Up Spray. With eight beautiful shades that blend right in, you'll see why it's number one. Magic Root Cover-Up Spray by L'Oreal Paris. Look for the turquoise can at your local retailer. Over the weekend, I was in the grocery store and uh, going up and down the aisles. And I came upon barbecue Fritos. And I stood there and I looked at that bag of barbecue Fritos for a while and I thought, yeah, (laughs) yes or no, Johnny, what's it going to be? And I reached out and grabbed those babies and I justified it to myself. I said, Hey, it's a pandemic. I need a bag of Fritos, barbecued Fritos. And I happily took them home and ate them. (laughs) 
And that's How were they? They were excellent. Did I you, love a barbecued Frito. Did you eat them with dip or without? With. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want, I want to tell you something shocking. Yeah. I've never in my life had a barbecued Frito. What? Oh, you're missing out. Are they is particularly good? Oh, I believe that they are. Yeah, I believe it's top tier. For me, it's what? like really, it's it top is. tier. Kind of high end, you know, junk food. Yeah, <laughs> high end junk food, Mike. That's what this show's about. Yeah, and then you add some dip. <laughs> Holy smokes! It's like wow. the filet mignon of junk food. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. John Kessler is with us. John's the former chair, professor, of division of applied theology and church ministry. His latest book is called "Practicing the Present: The Neglected Art of Living in the Now." John, in all the years you've been on the show, never have you been wrapped around a bag of Fritos like you just were now. My apologies. Now I'm now I'm hungry. I <laughs> <laughs> good. Which is we're just kind of we're the just point. <laughs> yeah, we're just here to help, John. Okay, so that that is kind of the point, right? Is that we use food as a way to cope with whatever. Yes, and that you know, honestly, I I, I think you can we can go overboard and condemn that, and I don't think really we really want to that. It can become a problem. You know, you can you can use food as a mode of medication, just as you do with alcohol, or really any any human appetite can be taken to an extreme in both directions. Any human appetite you can take to an extreme where you you indulge in it too much, or you can develop this ascetic mentality. And you withhold from yourself things that God meant for you to partake of. And, you know, fundamentally, food was given to us by God both to sustain us and so that we might enjoy it. It's not just functional. There is a, you might call it an aesthetic dimension to it. It's, you know, it's part of God's goodness to us to please us. But if if that's the only thing that we're looking at, if it becomes inordinate in both our consumption and our desire, then it becomes a problem. Yes. I mean, John, you know, there's a thing out there right now. People are talking about the COVID-15. Like, you know, like when a kid yeah. goes to college, that they talk about the freshman no <laughs> right? Yeah, and so, I mean, I, I'm well aware of that. But at the same time, I think for millions of people who are stuck at home, you kind of go, I'm stuck at yeah. home. No, yeah, I'm not seeing right. anybody. I mean, what's a little bit of, you know, a Frito going to you know hurt anybody? So I'm just going to go and, and indulge myself. Now, I mean, right. is this something for you? Um, I, mean, I mean, my honest answer, my honest answer is it's probably not, it's probably not going to kill you, you know, depending how many bags you buy. I mean, I, I, <laughs> let me confess, let me confess right now. My wife, who's normally listening to me when I'm on the show is gone because they opened a Culver's in our, in our, in our community and she's going to get us some ice cream. So, you know, I, and I, we put it. We put it on the calendar, which maybe tells you how you know narrow my life is. But you know, I I think that there is some comfort to be found in some of those uh, basic pleasures of life, food being one of them. What yes. happens is when when it becomes consume. Uh, there's a pun, I guess. You know, when it consumes us instead mm. of us consuming the food. The, both the hunger, the idea of it, that begins to consume us so that we are expecting 
from that moment of pleasure, we are expecting more from it than, than it can provide. And I think this is actually the gift of grace, the surprising gift of grace in hunger itself. Hunger, if you th- in, in terms of human experience, hunger can never really be satisfied. You know, if I eat that bag of Doritos, when I get this, I know when I get this hamburger, by the time I'm done with it, I'm going to say to myself, I'm either going to say to myself, oh, that wasn't as good as I thought, or I'm going to say, you know, I could, I could have another one that, you know, you, you satisfy your hunger now, and a few hours later, it's just going to come back. And right. it is a reminder that ultimately we cannot satisfy ourselves. Only God can ultimately do that for us. I'm into that. Yeah. I mean, John, so, I, and I've been down this path. I'm sure you have as many times. I'll be sitting there with that said bag of barbecue Fritos. And I know that I've got, you know, barbecue sauce junk on my chin and face. And then I have this image of myself and I say to myself, yeah. John, have you no shame? Have you no shame? <laughs> but, and so, you know, it goes back to gluttony, right? That in some ways I'm indulging in this gluttonous behavior. I'm aware of it. I'm being sinful, but I still continue on unabated. Just the fact that I'm eating, uh, just the fact that I'm eating, it, or even the fact that I'm eating junk food is not itself gluttony. That's, that's, that's an important thing to recognize. That, that gluttony it has to do with inordinate consumption. So it's a, an inordinate appetite or the sin of consumption where I'm going overboard with it. That is, and I can be, you know, it might, it might not just be that I'm, it might not just be volume. C.S. Lewis talks about a mode of gluttony where I'm, I'm too uh, uh, picky about what I eat. There's a kind of narcissism in the way that I eat. Or another mode of gluttony is, I think you find today, where people sort of treat uh, food the way they they might treat some of their other possessions. They only will, they only want to eat the best. They only want to eat at the best restaurant. They only want to eat the finest foods. And so they scorn ordinary fare, the kind of, and, and often the people who have to eat ordinary fare. And then of course, there's the whole cultural problem of portions of our society where good, healthy food is not available to them. You know, there are, there are food deserts in many urban areas, and they also happen are often in the poorest communities, so that the people who have the least amount of resources have to pay the most, often for substandard availability to, of food. So it's much larger than just the question that I'm, you know, eating a lot of junk food, or even maybe eating a little more than I should during the coronavirus, you know, lockdown, that it is, uh, uh, it is a problem that flows out of expecting something from what we consume that it can't provide, losing sight of God, who is the one who provides our meals for us, and also insensitivity to one another, that we're, we're not really paying attention to the needs of others. We're only concerned about what we're consuming ourselves. 
Dr. John Kessler with us, former chair and professor, Division of Applied Theology and Church Ministry at Moody Bible Institute. His latest book of many he's written is called Practicing the Present, The Neglected Art of Living in the Now. John, talk to us about how quarantine has been for you overall, now that you've had, <laughs> what, three months, four months to reflect yeah. on it? Yeah, well, you know, I'm a, I need to go to the gym. <laughs> Actually, I do have to go to the gym. I, you know, I'm really, I'm really uh, tired of it. I think it, I would have to say that 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 quarantine has affected me emotionally more than I expected that it would. Mm. And really, my life hasn't changed that much. You know, I honestly don't do uh, things much differently than I did before the quarantine. But I, so it's not really the constraint that it placed on my life. I think it's more the, the atmosphere. It's the polarization that it's that it seems to have generated. Just not just in uh, you know it started with matters of the quarantine itself, disagreement about wearing masks or whether we should wear masks or whether we should meet for worship or whether we shouldn't. And now it's just really, I think it's really exploded. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think that that a lot of the unrest that we're experiencing today, I don't think that it's unrelated to uh, the experience of quarantine. I, I realize that the social problems are not directly related to one another, but I, but I think the, the collective me- mentality, the collective sense of uh, fear or anger or depression uh, is, a, is really related to that. So, uh, you know, I think, I do think we need both, uh, you know, to keep God's unfailing love in mind. And although I think the signs I sometimes see in the homes, they feel a little trite to me, there really is a need for us to step back and take a, take a moment to remember to be kind to one another. So, yeah. Amen. Amen to that. I, I, I believe that there's, you know, there's a, a different feel. There's a different kind of rage in this yeah. country that there hasn't been yeah. before. Hey, John, uh, before you leave us, talk about uh, your worship um, habits. Are you physically in church now or are you yeah. Zooming church? Yeah, our church, our church actually started to meet uh, earlier. Although see, we live, uh, we live in West Michigan, so it's a lower population base. We were not as affected in terms of the numbers of people in fact, uh, our numbers, the state was high, but our, our particular area was fairly low. So our church has been meaning for, I don't know, four or five weeks now. And they, they don't, you know, we don't really use masks. Uh, uh, I mean, you can, if you want, but it's not, it's not required. There is some distancing, uh, in terms of where the seating is, but honestly, it's not much different than really? things were before. Now, what, are you mean, singing? Can, I, yes, poorly, you know, like I was before. But yeah, yeah we're yeah we're we're singing. The one thing that I have noticed that is a concern to me is the is the polarization I see developing between people who are seeing this. Some you know, some are seeing this as a religious freedom issue, and you know, really kind of angry about the restrictions that have been uh, placed on them. And then, of course, others see it as a health issue, and they're angry at the... So now you're you're just, you're just seeing Christians, you know, people who sit next to one another, really being 
opposed to each other in how we should respond to all of this. And I'm a little concerned about what that's going to look like after this is over, you know, when, when things go, if they go back to normal, uh, it reminds me a little bit of the, the, the Decian persecution. And I think it was in the second century where people who were, it's a little, it's an extreme comparison. People who denied Christ and then wanted to go back into the church the people who had stayed faithful didn't want to accept them back. And here's the, here's the comparison. Both sides are going to be the other side of having compromise. You know, the people who don't want to meet and the people who did meet. And, and I'm just wondering how we're going to work out that reconciliation as a community. I'm concerned about that. That's really interesting, John. I had not thought about that. So that's good insight. Well, anyway, at least for the short term, there's a cure for that, which is go get yourself a bag of Doritos, my friend. <laughs> I think that's the lesson, John. <laughs> John Kessler, always a pleasure. Thanks, sir. Yeah, thank you. John Kessler, uh, his latest book is called Practicing the Present, the Neglected Art of Living in the Now. Hey, um, the Emmy nominations were out. This is kind of weird. This is kind of like the first time there's been an awards thing to look forward to. And, uh, of course, we're all sitting at home watching TV. So I think a lot of us have more of a stake in the Emmys now than ever before. We'll talk about those nominations next. Stick around. It's the Tuesday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Traveling internationally may not have been a priority for you in recent weeks, but as our country and others around the world start to reopen, we're confident it will be safe to travel to the Holy Land this December. Israel has already reopened to the public while maintaining safe social distancing. In fact, an independent organization recently rated Israel as the number one country on its COVID-19 safety ranking. There is no better time than now to sign up to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell from MyPillow on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Visit SebGorka.com and click the Israel banner to register. Seize the moment to celebrate life, freedom, and your faith by signing up to visit the inspiring Holy Land. Here's the best part. If for any reason you can't go, cancel without a penalty between now and August 14th. Reserve your spot today and travel to Israel this December with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit SebGorka.com and click the Israel banner. Brides come in all beautiful shapes and sizes. And at URB Bridal Informal in Bethel Park, every dress can be custom-made to celebrate everyone, including hard-to-find plus sizes. High-fashion, private-label designs made to order, as flattering to your budget as they are to your neckline. Enjoy a personalized, no-pressure, luxury shopping experience, complete with complimentary champagne and chocolate, and see the entire selection. Find a dress that celebrates you because you are beautiful. At URB Bridal, Coming down the home stretch is Liberty Mutual, followed by customizes your car insurance. But wait, from the back comes so you only pay for what you need. So it's Liberty Mutual, customizes your car insurance so you only pay for what you need. And I'm pretty sure this is just an elaborate insurance ad. I was a little bit surprised, but so happy to see how eager patients were to return to the office. And their loyalty and their friendship means everything to us. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. 
This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secularlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Mainly clear for tonight, low 65. Partly sunny for tomorrow, high 87. Wednesday night, clouds low 67. Clouds and sunshine on Thursday, high 83. Sunshine and clouds Friday, high 81. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high 83. Sunday, high 82. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Well, the Emmy Awards were announced today, the uh, nominations, I should say, for the September 20th broadcast on ABC. And um, I'm looking at the awards and thinking I know some of them. There's a lot of stuff, of course, 95% of it is mostly streaming. Um, Netflix leads the pack. This is really interesting to me. Netflix uh, leads the pack with 160 nominations it's an all-time record last year hbo uh, set the record with 137 nominations this year netflix went off the charts uh nbc this is how about this this is how far broadcast has fallen nbc had 40 nominations wow abc had 36 and fx the little known uh station uh cable network has 33 Hmm. so they go from 160 all the way down to 33 wow um most nominated most nominated yeah. series, John, is HBO's The Watchmen. The wa- do you know? Have you watched it? Have you seen never. it? Never. And I got to be honest with you, I've never heard of it. Um, I've heard. But of I, don't, it. I, I don't have HBO, so that's probably. I don't why. have HBO either. I mean, how okay. much? How much? I can't really. Do I need another channel to watch? No, you don't. I don't think no. so. Um, followed by uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is on Amazon. I liked it. I I would I, watch it. I liked it the first season, and then I haven't watched it since. Mm-hmm. I mean, I liked it. it. It, it, the production values are 10 oh, out of 10. Bad. The music's excellent. The language is a little rough, but yeah, I love the era. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, number three is Netflix Ozarks. Or not Oz- See, I'm doing a Pittsburgh uh-huh. thing. It's not Ozarks. It's just Ozark. Ozark. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't watch it. I don't really know about it. You care about That's um, the guy seems, from Arrested Development. Is it Jason, dark and dystopian? Jason Bateman. Yeah. Uh, it's dark. Yeah. Laura Linney stars with him in it, I believe. Oh, I love Laura Linney. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And also uh, The Mandalorian. Uh, and Schitt's Creek. That's the top uh-huh. five. Okay. Have you seen Schitt's Creek? Which I, I never, I like it. but I, I have to. I have to watch it because I don't can't imagine why I wouldn't like that. Yeah, I mean it's a great cast. Catherine O'Hare, you know, outstanding. Um, okay, lead actors in a comedy series. Ted yes. Danson, The Good he Place. He is so mm-hmm. good in The Good Place. Yeah, I mean he's just so fabulous. That's very well deserved. Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method. Oh That's yeah, a very I don't. I've not seen that. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Rami Youssef in Rami. Okay. Uh, Eugene Levy uh, in Schitt's Creek. <laughs> I love him. 
Don Chadell and Black Monday, which is Showtime. Don Cheadle. Uh, Don Cheadle. Uh-huh. Uh and uh Blackish on ABC, Anthony Anderson. Okay. Um outstanding lead actress in the comedy series. I gotta be honest, a lot of these I don't know. Uh Rachel uh Brohansen, she's Mrs. Maisel. Right. Catherine O'Hara. I think it's Brosnahan. Freak. Um Steve Carell, outstanding lead actor. Uh, how about the morning show? Have you watched that? No. But TV? Jennifer Aniston was nominated for that mm-hmm. for Best Actress, right? Uh Pittsburgh's Billy Porter mm-hmm. uh in Posse, he was nominated. Olivia Coleman for The Crown for lead actress in a drama series. We love mm-hmm. love her. Hugh Jackman uh, was nominated. For what? For an HBO series called Bad Education. Okay, I don't know anything uh, about that. Jeremy Irons for the HBO series Watchmen, who I, I oh, love. Oh, okay. Yeah. Kate Blanchett, uh, Mrs. America uh, on um, FX Network, uh, outstanding lead actress in a limited series or a movie. Kate okay. Blanchett, uh, Octavia Spencer, Shira Haas, Regina King. A lot of these shows I do not know. It's just too much to watch. Yeah. Okay. Best drama series. Uh, here they are. Better Call Saul, The Crown, mm-hmm. The Handmaid's Tale, Killing Eve, The Mandalorian, Ozark, Stranger Things, and Succession. Okay. All right. So all these things, you know. Uh, oh, wait. Hold I'll... on. I got to do best comedy. Okay. Best comedy series, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Dead to Me, The Good Place, Insecure, The Kaminsky Method, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Schitt's Creek, and What We Do in the Shadows. Mm-hmm. Stop it swearing. Um, I, I don't know. How much are you watching? Uh, I am a huge fan of The Crown. I'm a huge fan of Stranger Things, and I co- am in, currently in love with The Good Place. September 20th, so two months away. Will you be, watch- will no. you be watching the Emmys? Probably not. Nice. But what, what, are you watching any of these shows? Uh, yeah, I'm watching uh, several of these shows. Um, okay. Mrs. Maisel, which I loved, but there is, you know, it's, I mean, look, anything that we talk about here on the air, please don't take this as an endorsement that is something that you personally should watch. Right. Because, you know, viewer appetites, of course, vary from personality. Yes. This is not a recommendation on my part. Right. right? I'm just saying I'm watching this for better or worse. Mm-hmm. I've I, I watched Shit's Creek. I watched The Kaminsky Method. I've What's seen The Kaminsky the- Method? It's uh, Michael Douglas and uh, Alan Arkin, uh, and it's a acting class. Michael Douglas is uh, he's a famous acting teacher. It's hmm. very well done. I like okay. it. It's okay. kind of quirky. It's fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Alan Arkin is very weird. He's very good. Okay. Um, um, <sighs> the morning show. I'd like to see some Steve Carell, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's him, Jennifer Aniston, and uh, Reese Witherspoon. Right. I Speaking think. of Steve Carell, we are currently re-watching The Office. Oh We're like God. in season seven, which is like everybody in America is in season seven. I, like. I never got to seven. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's, I think uh, I only got through five. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there's a lot of good TV out there. Of course, obviously, you know that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the hey, you know what? I was happy since I'm in love with a good place. I was happy to see that uh, the guy who plays Cheaty is uh, nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Oh, okay. All right. Good. I can't think the, of his name. He has three names. Harper, he was the, William something Harper. Lee Harper. Is that what it is? No. I just You're making stuff up, up I just now. made that up. What the heck? Okay. It, sounded, it sounded like a good good thing. Anyway, he uh, is so terrific and was basically unknown. He, he had barely acted until he got the gig on the show. Barely acted? Mm-hmm. Come on. I, those kind of stories. What, seriously? Isn't that something? No, I don't yeah, buy it. He had a little bit. <laughs> you think, I, I don't buy it. He wasn't like it at Apple Hill Playhouse and all of a sudden he's like on a, you know, a major TV show. I'm just telling you, he was on, he did a, uh, he did, he had a small role in a Broadway show and that oh, was so he pretty barely much acted. It. He barely acted, but he was on Broadway. Well, he wasn't headlining He was a Broadway on Broadway. Show. All right. Sorry. Okay. 
I mean, seriously, he barely acted. The guy's on Broadway. He's not barely acting. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Get me started. Broadways, yes. Are we taking a break? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're talking about uh, Stone Age flints and design. You stick around, please, because he was on Broadway. Give my regards. WORD. Would you like God to call you into some form of service? That's a good thing to aspire to. What came from humble beginnings is now one of the largest churches in America, driven by the mission of knowing God and making Him known. Why do you have a hunger for holy things? Why are you interested in what the Bible says? This station is excited to welcome a new beginning with Greg Laurie to the weekday lineup. Hear Greg Laurie at a new beginning, 1030 a.m. weekdays beginning this Monday. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around... I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop you save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Liberty Mutual Insurance Company helps you customize your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Unlike things you paid for you didn't need, like that much-needed 125-inch flat-screen TV. It's hurting my eyes a lot. For your 100-square-foot bedroom. My neck isn't so much stiff as it's completely stuck. With Liberty Mutual, get customized home insurance so you only pay for what you need. Uh-oh, I'm seeing color splotches. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirabit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. I was committing the uh, sin of scrolling through Netflix the other day. What? And uh, someone had posted, oh, Frederica had posted an, uh, an image of cave drawings guesstimated to be some 35,000 years old. And they were absolutely beautiful, just incredibly gorgeous. Made you think about, you know, 
early occupants of this incredible planet of ours and their artistic ability, their design, right? Well, Fuzz Rain is back with us. He joins us from Reasons to Believe. Fuzz is the Vice President of Research and Apologetics at Reasons to Believe, the author of several books, including Humans 2.0, Who Was Adam, Creating Life in the Lab, and The Cell's Design. Fuzz holds a PhD in chemistry with an emphasis in biochemistry from Ohio University. And Fuzz, welcome back to the show to talk about Flint's and design. Yeah, well, thanks, uh, John and Kathy, for having me. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Okay, tell us, what's a flint? Yeah, well, uh, what is being referred to are these uh, little stone uh, pieces that are were carved out of, again, um, minerals that are called flints that uh, oftentimes are used as tools, as blades, and they're, they're found in, in archaeological sites uh, that were occupied by uh, some of the very first humans on the planet. Hmm. Okay, so talk about this then. These first humans on the planet, we would think of them obviously as primitive, pe- primitive people, but they had enough wherewithal. So on these on these flints, uh, Fuzz, which I wish we could see them. Of course, we can't because it's radio. There is a very particular design to these, are there not? Yeah. Well, you know, it's a common perception that when humans uh, appeared on Earth that we appeared kind of as primitive people. But the fact of the matter is, while our technology was, you know, uh, was ancient and, and archaic, uh, our capabilities were identical to our capabilities today. And this is actually seen in a very powerful way in some of the earliest uh, pieces of art that we have discovered. This art doesn't, isn't simplistic art that kind of shows a, a trajectory towards more complexity. It's uh, incredibly complex at its onset. There's no evolution of art. It just shows up, shows up explosively when humans first appear. And uh, the, the art is incredibly sophisticated. Uh, uh, and, and the depiction of the animals in the cave art, for example, is highly realistic. But what's kind of mysterious is that when humans are depicted, when we depict ourselves, we would always depict ourselves as stick figures. And so this is kind of a, an enduring mystery. And so uh, this, this discovery of these flint pieces at an archaeological site that represents one of the oldest villages that we know of is of particular interest because these flint pieces don't look like they were uh, used for cutting or for carving, but were actually seem to be symbolic uh, because they were recovered at a grave site and they look as if they actually have been carved in such a way to represent kind of the human form or the human figure. Hmm. Well, that's fascinating. Yeah, okay, fine. So what does that tell us? Well, I mean, it, it, for an archaeologist, this is interesting because it kind of gives us a perspective on uh, the idea of when did we begin to really depict ourselves more artistically, I mean, and more realistically. But From my perspective, what's really provocative about this discovery has nothing to do, actually, with our capabilities as human beings, but it actually has to do with the idea that this work demonstrates that intelligent design is actually part of science, Uh, that that intelligent design is actually a scientific research program, uh, and, and this is profoundly significant when it comes to the creation evolution debate. Really? Okay, so then with the design, then obviously there is an, an intent to create the design. There is creation behind that. So why are design 
and intent interlocked? And what does that mean to us here today? Yeah, well, you know, so often when uh, somebody who holds a, a Christian worldview perspective presents evidence for design, whether that's design in the structure of the cosmos or design in, in biological systems, many times that case for design is dismissed uh, by people that are skeptics or that are entrenched in the evolutionary framework because they argue, well, design isn't science. It's really pseudoscience. But the fact that we see archaeologists being able to look at a rock and to tell you whether that rock was shaped by natural processes or by the work of an intelligent agent indicates that design is indeed part of science. But on top of that, uh, this work also indicates that we can discern intent and motivation behind that design as well. And so from that standpoint, it means that when we look at the cosmos or we look at the design in living systems, that not only can we legitimately conclude scientifically that there's a mind behind it, but we can begin to gain some insight as to the intent and the purpose of the design in the universe and the design in living systems. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, so Fuzz, then knowing that and, you know, talking about design, I mean, of course, the world is just, you know, overwhelmed with beauty and design, whether you go back to these people you're talking about now or, you know, or, or now, of course. But, but there's something about design uh, that sparked your interest in science and then, of course, led to your life and faith as a believer of Christ. Can you tell us that story? Yes, well, well I was a, an agnostic when I started graduate school. I didn't know if God existed or not, and I honestly didn't care. And yet when I was studying the intricacies of the cell, I was deeply impressed with how elegant and sophisticated and, and, and how ingenious uh, the, the, the components of the cell actually are. And, and this led me to conclude that there must be a mind behind everything. And, and, and once I reached that conclusion, I began to wonder, then, who is that mind? How do I relate to that mind? And I, and I found that the best answer was in the Christian faith, and specifically in the purpose of Christ. And so for me as a Christian, when I see the design in nature, part of that intent and purpose is that it's revealing to us that there's a creator behind everything, and, and that design uh, clearly indicates that, that, that life, that, that the earth uh, is designed specifically to make it a, a habitable place, a, a home for human beings. And this suggests that all the design that we see somehow is, is uh, uh, pointing to our significance and importance as human beings. Fabulous. Well, Fuzz, thanks so much for being with us today. Always good to hear from you. Fuzz sure is the is. Dr. Fuzz is the Vice President of Research and Apologetics at Reasons to Believe, author of several groundbreaking books, including Who Was Adam, Creating Life in the Lab, and Dinosaur Blood and the Age of the Earth. Fuzz, come back anytime. Thanks sir, for having me, John and Kathy. God bless you guys. And you as well, Fuzz. Design, intent, and the creator creating. Fabulous. So uh, let's take a quick break. Come back. We talked about this briefly last week. And uh, we're going to pick up this sort of conversation. Was Jesus white? I'll leave it at that. (laughs) 
How do you keep a biblical perspective in a pandemic accompanied by a mental health crisis? As COVID-19 has spread, prescriptions for anti-anxiety medications have nearly doubled. Yet in a world consumed by worry, God has a purpose for anxiety. And that's the subject of a timely new book, The End of Anxiety, The Biblical Prescription for Overcoming Fear, Worry, and Panic. Written by pastor and biblical counselor Josh Weidman, it offers his personal prescription with practical steps and biblical answers for coping with stress and deepening trust and dependence on God. The End of Anxiety can help you find peace and joy in times of uncertainty, fear, and darkness. Our main goal as Christians is to glorify God in everything we do, and as the author opens his life and personal journey in this book, he shows how suffering, anxiety, and our mental battles can bring God the glory. The End of Anxiety, the biblical prescription for overcoming fear, worry, and panic. Available at Amazon and wherever books are sold. Learn more at endofanxiety.com. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. Or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient's safety and our team member's safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Your potential customers are on social media. Learn the tools you need to make them yours during the 2020 Marketing and Social Media Virtual Summit, streaming live to your desktop August 4th, presented by Salem Surround and WORD with the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber, a day filled with industry-leading insight designed to help you master the art of social media to attract your ideal customers who will love, hire, and tell the world about you August 4th from 8 to 3. Reserve now at pghnorthchamber.com. Well, we talked about this uh, briefly last week and put up images. It was very brief, actually. Okay. All right, maybe 10 minutes or so. I'm brief enough. But, you know, last night on Twitter, there's weirdness erupted once again where someone's, you know, someone tweeted that Jesus was white. I believe Jesus, Jesus was a white man. Now, I mean, to say that in this, I mean, it's just ridiculous, is it not? Jesus was not white. Could you imagine Jesus in the Middle East walking around, you know, like a white guy? All of a sudden, it's like Johnny Winter. You know, it's like, you know, some craziness. There's just no way that that happened. And I don't understand why people insist on saying that Jesus was white. I don't I don't either. I just it seems like you have to be like at you have to have a, a below functioning uh 
level of knowledge of geography of no 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 these are bright people Kath. of history or whatever there's no possible way you can look at someone who lived in the middle east uh you know at the very beginnings of this era and say that they were white it's just know. not possible i just don't get it I don't, but but i do think that it's important uh that we say that jesus was not white and for all of us who are white that's okay. It doesn't mean that he's any less a savior. It doesn't mean he understands us any less. I'm saying this is a white woman. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to be respectful of people who are struggling with this while at the same time just saying it does matter that Jesus was who he was. Now, we, we talked in our last conversation, John, about how the fact that, you know, if you're Chinese, you might want to see Jesus as a Chinese Yes, of man, course. You see, you haven't you are, seen Jesus, the Asian Jesus? Right? I have. Beautiful. I have. See, I don't think that's beautiful. I do. I believe it's beautiful. No, I don't think it's beautiful because I mean, it Jesus makes sense was, that Jesus was an Asian. Yes, I know that, but you know, it, it's. I believe it's okay to culturally appropriate. You know, no, the, yeah, because, I, I disagree because you see Jesus and you think he is mine. Jesus is in me. But Jesus so, isn't yours. I know you are his, which is different. But I understand that. Look, I know that. But at the same time, through an look, we're just talking about image. Through an artistic lens, you want to identify. It, it gives you some sort of comfort. It cuts through things in some way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can see that. I just think that our we're unique on Earth. That the 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 Savior that we have was fully God and fully man, and He lived a human life at a particular time on this earth in a particular place. Yes. And that was not an accident. That was something that God, the father ordained from ordained. the very beginning. Um, he was not born in a Caucasian form. Um, he wasn't born in uh, an Asian form. He no. just wasn't, he was who he was. And I think we're going to read a scripture passage in a minute. And I was just kind of, you know, thinking about this today and reflecting on the beauty of the plan of God, the father in bringing his son into human form at that exact moment in that exact form. It's not yes. that his body doesn't matter. I mean, you know, we, we taught, we've talked about Gnosticism a lot on the show, which is one of the early heresies in the, maybe the first or second century. Um, and one of the early heresies is that your body, it's Gnosticism said your body doesn't really matter. You're supposed to evolve spiritually. You're supposed to become greater spiritually. Your body, listen, that is not what the incarnation teaches us. It teaches us that our bodies do matter and the way you are formed matters. You were, as Psalm 139 tells us, you were formed beautifully by a loving Heavenly Father who made you just the way you are. And, and we know that sin has disrupted all of our bodies, and we know that we get sick, and we know that we have issues and all those sorts of things. But we are still created by a loving Heavenly Father, and Jesus lived in a body as yes. a perfect man and as a but perfect God. Does it not still surprise you that in 2020 we are still talking about Jesus being white, black, Asian, Indian, whatever? Yes. I just and, don't I just And it does matter. You're right. That of course it does matter. I mean, I, it, Look, if if I, I don't know. I I just think that if we say that we believe in the incarnation, we should act like Jesus body matters. I agree. And it doesn't. 
Okay, All right, let's so read I some pulled scriptures. out Luke twenty Luke twenty three for us to read today. This is starting with the forty fourth verse, and it says this. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. When all the people who had gathered to witness this sight saw what took place, they beat their breasts and went away. But all those who knew him, including the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. And what did they watch? They watched the body, the actual body of Jesus crucified on a cross. Mm. That's the story we believe. That's the God we worship. We need to honor him as he is. Amen to that. Take a break. Come back. If you got Jesus in your profile, you better act like Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. The differences in Washington over the next coronavirus aid package are vast. Democrats proposing $3 trillion in relief, Republicans have a $1 trillion counteroffer. Attorney General William Barr on Capitol Hill testifying before the House Judiciary Committee earlier. He is defending the federal law enforcement response to civil unrest in America. Barr told the members of the committee at a much-anticipated hearing that the violence taking place in Portland, Oregon, and other cities is disconnected from George Floyd's killing. Major League Baseball temporarily suspended the Miami Marlins season through Sunday because of their worsening coronavirus outbreak. A late slump left stocks broadly lower on Wall Street. The Dow fell 205 points today. The Nasdaq was off 134. This is SRN News. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare contracts, and in the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sound crazy? The crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if we can't cancel your timeshare contract, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-605-5757. 800-605-5757-800-605-5757. Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the impact of coronavirus and the upcoming election, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next with vantage point you don't have to text the word money to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trend changes with up to 87.4 percent accuracy that's right 87.4 percent text the word money to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and better protect yourself from sudden downturns vantage points patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds no more guessing when to stay or when to get out text Text money to 411-411 and we'll send you a link to our free demo. 
text money to 411411 so you can better protect your hard-earned capital with Vantage Point. Don't wait. Text the word money to 411411. Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Mainly clear for tonight, low 65, partly sunny for tomorrow, high 87. Wednesday night, clouds low 67. Clouds and sunshine on Thursday, high 83. Sunshine and clouds Friday, high 81. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high 83. Sunday, high 82. With Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, the cancel culture, we've talked about that uh, a lot over these last several months or so. I love it. Love that cancel culture. I mean, generally, I kind of, I deplore it, but uh, okay, it's sort of this, you know, boom, this steamroller. However... We've got a story about cancel culture, which I believe uh, is long past overdue. And it's really interesting to see the hypocrisy that now it's finally coming to light. Margaret Sanger. Mm. Margaret Sanger has been promoted to the rank of Confederate general. Uh, It comes courtesy of Planned Parenthood of New York City, which will remove Sanger's name from its Manhattan clinic because of her, quote, racist legacy and deep belief in eugenic ideology ideology which can no longer be denied newsflash i mean we've all this has been common knowledge for decades like a really long time decades right and now all of a sudden planned parenthood goes oh here we are you know oh let's let's cancel margaret sanger that's good news but man oh man the crazy hypocrisy of it all. I I don't know. I mean, Margaret Sanger was the founder of the founder of the organization that preceded Planned Parenthood called the Birth Control League in the early 20th century. And um, she was in the eugenics movement. She, you know, believed in the minimization of what she called lesser races. Right. And she wanted to set up a, a clinics in places where minorities lived so that we would end up with fewer minorities. I mean, well, it's a, it's a known thing that even today, Planned Parenthood still is in black communities. Course, it's their yeah. major profit center. Yep. It's the Center for Disease center. Control and Prevention reports that non-Hispanic black women account for the greatest share of all U.S. abortions, 39%, despite being 13% of the population. That is so sad. It is. That is an absolute tragedy. Uh, I mean, she's oh man. 
Here's the thing, what do you say? though. I, I would certainly not want her name on anything I was associated with, whether it was the name of the clinic or the name of the organization or anything else. But um, I don't want Margaret Sanger canceled. I hate this cancel culture so much. We need to remember who Margaret Sanger was so that we know what Planned Parenthood came from. Right. Um, it's really important that in our zeal to be so righteous that we don't paper over the actuality of who we all are. I mean, we are fallen, nasty, screwed up people, and there's not one person other than Jesus who's worthy of any statue anywhere. Yeah, well, this is not going to go away fully, because, fully. look, um, Margaret Sanger, um, they give out annual awards. Hillary Clinton won the Margaret Sanger Award. That's something Nancy, to be proud of. Nancy Pelosi won the Margaret Sanger Award. Mm-hmm. Bill de Blasio insists on keeping a Manhattan Square named Margaret Sanger, Margaret Sanger Square. What about right. the bust of Margaret Sanger in the National exactly. Portrait Gallery? I thought about that. I thought about that in the Portrait Gallery. So. I mean, she's going to be everywhere still, but in this weird cancel culture, it's it's a equal opportunity offender. But I believe it's thank goodness it's way about time that Margaret Sanger gets you. Oh know, my gosh! Pushed down the road a little bit there. That is that is absolutely for sure. But I don't know. We don't need to paper over history. We don't need to like decide that some people were worthy and some people weren't worthy. I mean, people are people, and there's. I don't know. I just, my fear is that we're going to be 10 years down the line in cancel culture and it's going to turn into a, we can't, we're going to be like Fahrenheit 451 again, where we're not going to be able to, you shouldn't read that book. Right. Or we should take that book out of the library because nobody can know. Well, that's about already that. happened, I mean, right? Just, I mean, you know, last week, Thomas Kidd said fight. that. We got to fight against that. I mean, you can take down all the statues you want. Go right ahead. But, you know, you start burning books yep. and canceling authors and history. Well, then there's the problem. So we're just, you know, one step closer to that. That's all. Exactly. I mean, don't we want to learn from people who screwed up, right? Yeah. I mean, look at all the people in the Old Testament. Every single one of them is a disaster. Goofball. In some way, shape or form. The only good character in the Old Testament is God. Mm-hmm. Right. right. That's he is the only faithful, true character in either one of the testaments <laughs> and so in true. any of our lives. Right. In any yeah. of our lives. But you still can glean a lot in the Old Testament from reading about the good kings and the bad kings. Right. Yep. So read about Margaret Sanger. Go right now and look her up online and educate yourself all about what her life was and decide yeah. whether you want to live your life in the same way or not. Well, we don't want to celebrate her. That's for sure. We certainly don't. Anyway, uh, we'll take a break. Come back. Listen, uh, our next guest, if you've got Jesus in your profile, don't be nasty on your timeline. Follower of Jesus and bit of a jerk, that doesn't work really well, right? I mean, it's hard enough in real life to, to get yourself together. Forget about the supposedly anonymous view on Twitter or Facebook or whatnot where you're out there, you know, busting it for Jesus. He doesn't need your help. Take a break. We'll go back to that in a minute. W-O-R-D. It's back to school time. So whether your kids will be back at school wearing masks or you're keeping them at home, one thing will stay the same. Back to school is expensive. 
So let us help. Enter the back-to-school sweepstakes. You could win $2,500 to help pay for school supplies and kids' clothing. Then your school gets an additional $2,500. There are lots of ways to enter. Find out how you and your school could be a winner. Sign up at wordfm.com. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Paid not attorney spokesperson. The Ted O'Neill Offer with Principal Office in Houston, Texas is responsible for the content of this ad. Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is one of the most common cancers in the United States. If you or a loved one was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and were exposed to Roundup Weed Killer, you could be entitled to cash compensation. Bear, the owner of Roundup, will pay more than $10 billion to cancer victims of Weed Killer Roundup. Call our Weed Killer Cancer Hotline now to see if you are entitled to cash compensation. Roundup has been one of the most commonly used herbicides in the U.S. If you you or someone you love has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and exposed to Roundup? Call now. Our attorneys have the experience and specialize in fighting for everyday people to get you the compensation you deserve. If you or a loved one has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and were exposed to Roundup Weed Killer, even if the loved one has passed away, call 800-586-2146 now to see if you are entitled to compensation. But hurry, time is limited. Call 800-586-2146. 800-586-2146. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. How many times if you're online, you know, you're on Twitter or you're on Facebook and someone says something and you think, I'm going to, I'm going to write something here that's going to set things straight. Right. I'm going to make everything right with the universe, at least from my perspective. And he's going to go to bed and he's going to say, you're right. You've convinced me. (laughs) Right. I mean, really, um, I've tried. I really, I really am really, uh, I try to be very careful, uh, not to say that I haven't fallen into a hole occasionally. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a dangerous place to be because you can ruin your witness, right? I mean, it's kind of like my friend. My friend for years had a Jesus bumper sticker on the back of his car. And he finally took the bumper sticker off because he was such an angry driver, he figured he couldn't have it on anymore. Instead of changing his driving habits, (laughs) he got rid of There's something good about that, but not all the way good. The Jesus bumper sticker. Well, Dan Darling is with us. Dan is the author of uh, several books that we've talked about on the air. His latest is called The Dignity Revolution. Dan is a senior vice president, national religious broadcaster. 
Jesus. He wrote a piece. If you've got Jesus in your profile, don't be nasty on your timeline. Dan, welcome back to the show. Hey, it's great to be with you, John Caffey, and hope you all are well there in Pennsylvania. Yes, we are. Thank you. Yeah, we're hanging in there, Dan. Um, you as well. But we are you know, immersed in the news cycle because we have to be for our job, as you do as well. And when mm-hmm. we wade into Twitter, when we look at what's on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, I mean, Instagram's a little milder, thank goodness, because hopefully we're just looking at like beautiful things. But man, Twitter's nasty. Mm. Yeah, it really is. I mean, and I think, um, you know, there's just a, there's an incentive now to, um, you know, just, kind of put ourselves in the best possible light or let people know that, Hey, we're, we're not like this kind of person. We're this kind of person or just, you know, um, you know, be as angry or, or nasty, uh, as possibly can be. And I just, you know, uh, sometimes as Christians, we forget when we're online, we're Christians, you know, that, uh, when, when we're, um, you know, tapping with our thumbs, some angry reply, we should always be asking ourselves, you know, is this a good witness for Christ? I mean, it's amazing to me how often I see trolls or just people who are just really mean and nasty uh, towards celebrities or just toward other people. And then you look at their bio and it says follower of Jesus, you know, and I'm just thinking, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Right. So what what is that, Dan? I mean, have we forgotten that we are accountable? I mean, if anything, people would think they would pause and go, well, I'm at least accountable to Twitter. I mean, and then, and then about the Lord of the universe, am I not accountable to Jesus, to God himself? But I don't know if it's just a matter of forgetting. I just think it's a matter of rage overtakes our good wisdom and common sense. Yeah, I think there's a number of things. I think, number one, it's so easy to communicate. And you know, I think on balance, that's really good. It's really lovely the playing field and voices get elevated that can be heard. But it's so easy just to just to say something. I think secondly, um, we forget that the person on the other side of Twitter or Facebook or whatever is a human being, right? Uh, created in the image of God. We're not, you know, they're not avatars to be crushed or, you know, just kind of like we're playing a video game. These are real people. And so I think we forget the humanity of the person on the other side. I also think we have this mistaken idea that if I'm on the right side of an issue and it's a worthy fight, that it doesn't really matter how I speak. And really that's antithetical to what the Bible talks about, uh, that we should have an answer for every person for the hope that lies within us, but also do it with gentleness and kindness. There should be a distinctly Christian way in which we have these uh, discussions. Yeah, Dan, that's... um... That's a really thought-provoking question. If we're if we're more concerned about teaching each other what to think than how to th- communicate what we think, um, David French was on our program yesterday, and you know he wrote a piece that I, I think you'd really be interested in, which is him saying, as part of our um, Christian formation, we talk a lot about the Christian life, about how our newfound faith in Jesus will affect our work and how it'll change the way we look at our spouse and how it'll change the way we spend our money. Um, It'll change the way we eat. Um, However, we don't talk about how our newfound faith will change how we talk about politics. Instead, we mm. say our newfound faith will tell us what to think on these issues, but not how to talk about them. That's a great point. I read that piece by French. He's exactly right. 
um, there should be a distinctly Christian way in which we speak. And and listen, you know, when I wrote my piece, one of the things I said was um, the call of, of, of the Christian is not to just kind of shrink back from these important debates um, or, or, or that we're supposed to have this kind of nebulous sense of niceness. Uh, sometimes we need to have strong, forceful arguments against things that we did with which we disagree, things that are uh, forged, you know, when we're uh, speaking out on behalf of the vulnerable and, uh, and for justice and all those important things. And yet the Bible has a lot of language when it comes to our words. And, you know, Christianity is a speaking religion. You know, we have a God who spoke the world into existence. We have a uh, God who gave us as image bearers the, the ability to communicate at a high level. And, you know, throughout Scripture, there's just a lot of um, instruction on, on the way that we use our words and the way we shape our words. And in this Internet age, on this digital age, um, it's especially important. And I, and I think of the verse in James 1, James 1.19, that says that everyone be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I think in the Internet age, we might say, let everyone be quick to get the whole story, slow to post, and slow to Internet rage, and uh, just to maybe slow down a little bit. That's really good. Daniel Darling is with us. His latest book is called The Dignity Revolution. Dan, I often think about this. Um, uh, way back when, when Mike Tyson, you know, was a, was a ferocious fighter, he was in the ring with Evander Holyfield, and he bit off a piece of, uh, Mike Tyson bit off a piece of Evander Holyfield's ear. And, you know, of course, it was a really famous fight because of that, as you might imagine. Yeah. But someone talked yeah. to Evander Holyfield afterwards, and he said, you know, were you angry when Mike Tyson was biting off your ear? And he said, Evander Holyfield said, well, I wasn't angry angry because I was praying. And I thought, mm-hmm. what? I mean, so there's someone who's in the ring, you know, trying to do harm to someone. You're praying at the same time. And I think, okay, so <laughs> if you would look at, in some ways, like a lot of us, Twitter or social media as the ring, it's for a lot of people, mm-hmm. the battlefield, which I don't want it to be the battlefield. But if you are praying while you are tweeting or praying while you're on social media, right, seats without praying, then it would help our minds, help our hearts, help our fingers and our thoughts as we move forward. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right. I think always remembering our, our Christian witness and that we are we are Christians wherever we are. Um, and I, I think the other thing we need to think through, through is we need to get underneath why it is that I'm I'm doing this. You know, what, I'm I'm going to post mm-hmm. this thing or I'm going to speak out on this issue. Am I doing this because I genuinely care about this issue, which it could be? Or am I doing it because I want to kind of signal to the right group of people that I'm with them, and then and I can get this kind of affirmation from this group that that I'm like these people and I'm not like these other kind of people. There's a there's a great incentive on social media to kind of cast ourselves as like, hey, I'm I'm not like those other terrible Christians. I'm like this kind of Christian, you know. And I think we have to ask ourselves the motivation: Why are we doing this? Right. What is that? I just, it's so, I, I'm just so, um, saddened by how often I see this online. This, this tendency to look over at whoever that is, whoever the other group is, or the other church, or the other denomination, or the other political party, or whatever it is, and say, oh my gosh, you know, thank goodness I'm not like them. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, the real temptation, right? And every day, 
you know, I always think about this. Like I get up in the morning, I think, okay, who is Twitter going to crush today? Who's, who's right. the sacrificial lamb? Who's the scapegoat? And it's really easy to kind of join that chorus and say, see, I'm not like him. And I think we have to be very careful um, that with a few taps of our thumbs, uh, we can we can unwittingly join a mob that really can, can hurt people. And I think one of the things we need to ask ourselves is, why am I doing this? Number two, uh, the person that I'm crushing right now probably has a family. And what, what if their kids Googled their name or they find nasty comments that, you know, have I contributed to someone's uh, distress? And so we can make arguments and be strong and forceful and condemn what's evil and hold up what's good. And yet do it in a way that upholds the dignity, even of people we disagree with. And I think a part of it too is interacting in real life with people across the spectrum, right? So, yes, you know, I, I have, I have, I have people in my life who, who love the president and think, you know, he is the greatest thing ever. And I go round and round with them and I have disagreements with them. And then I have other people in my life, great friends who um, can't stand the president, think he's, you know, the worst president we've ever had. And I go round and round with them and have disagreements with them. And I think just kind of having that perspective of, you know, I may not be right about everything, this is how I'm seeing it, but how can I learn from other people? Right. Now, look, I mean, our, our parents did not suffer through this, right? Because our parents yeah. waited until the morning or evening paper landed on the front porch, and then they ingested their news, and perhaps they talked to their wife or their husband or their neighbors about it, yeah. but not the, you know, the world and, and, you know, the whole totality of the world. There's and something remember- about... Remember, John, your parents were the same as my parents, that you would you were not permitted to ask who you voted for. Oh, right. Of course. You would. Right. You could never ask. My father it was told bad me manners. Someone, yeah, it was bad manner from the I remember being a little tiny kid and him saying, now, don't you ever ask someone who they voted for right. now? <laughs> that's like so yeah, antiquated. That, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, when I grew up, you know, you, we got the three newspapers and, you yeah. know, my dad had opinions about what was going on in the world, but no one heard it. You know, we, we heard <laughs> right, it. You know what I mean? Right, right. There wasn't this, we, we have this idea and I think we have to resist it that the, that we have to put out a statement about every news thing. And like, you know, 15 years ago, you know, nobody was saying, Hey, I wonder what a, uh, you know, a pastor of a medium sized church in, a, in, in three States away thinks about this world crisis. Like, right, right. you know, why do we think we have to open, you know, the world is demanding our statements on everything. I think we, you know, we can, we don't have to publicly speak. Sometimes we should, but we don't always have to. No, we do not. We're going to go on vacation next week. Uh, Kath and I are going to take a week off. And uh, at least we've been talking in our family about the commitment. I mean, not together. No, not together. No, (laughs) but we're we're talking about the idea of stepping away from social media for the week, which I think is a necessary cleanse, a purge of all the rancor and ugliness and the insanity that takes us down. Yeah, it's a great idea. And, you know, um, you know, everyone has to kind of manage it in a way that works for them, you know, and some people have decided I can't do social media. I'm going to, I'm going to step off or step off for a season. I do think one of the things Christians have to think through is this, is that, you know, we, this is the age we're in, you know, we're not going to go back to the 1950s. We're not going to suddenly become Amish. And so we just have to say, uh, if the internet's here to stay, how do we steward our words? Well, how do we manage this thing? Well, how do we do it to the glory of God? Right. Mm-hmm. To the glory of God. And be a, be a gentleman. Be a lady. Be kind. Please. Be generous. Please. Dan, what are you working on? Uh, you got something new coming out, don't you? Yes, I have a, a, a new book that's coming out in August along these, these lines. It's called Away With Words. 
using our online conversations for good. And so uh, it's just kind of a whole look at how Christians can can live and work and think uh, in their online interactions. Fabulous. Boy, well, thanks now, so did, much. did you have a hard time coming up with uh, material? <laughs> yeah, it's like <laughs> I was talking to my publisher, and I turned the manuscript in be- before I knew we were going to have a global pandemic that was going to divide mm-hmm. people and racial unrest and, you know, this election. So it, it's interesting. Uh, but, yeah, I, it, it seems like it might be a little uh, relevant. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Good, <laughs> good, good timing. Pl- yeah, good planning in that regard. That's Daniel Darling. Thank you, Dan. Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, Dan. Dan is the vice president of the National Religious Broadcasters. Can I try that again? Please. The, the National Religious Broadcasters Association. And he has a brand new book coming out next month called The Way with Words. Thanks, Dan. Drowning in IRS debt? If you can't afford to pay your IRS debt due to economic hardship, you can now be free of IRS collection efforts by taking advantage of a special IRS tax hardship program. This program allows Americans who owe the IRS to resolve their delinquent tax debt once and for all. In some cases, maybe even reducing what you owe significantly. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Simply dial 800-308-7862. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back or have years of unfiled tax returns, help is standing by. Just call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-308-7862 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your social security check. Call 800-308-7862 to see if you qualify. That's 800-308-7862. My wife and I have had this conversation 700 times. Honey, where would you like to go for dinner? Oh, I don't care. Whatever you think. Okay, how about restaurant one? Oh, no, definitely not restaurant one. How about restaurant two instead? Oh, please don't ever make me go back to restaurant two. And it soon becomes clear that we need a restaurant advisor for a decision that big. It's Ryan. And in many ways, our faith and family mortgage team is kind of like a restaurant advisor. But for mortgages, we're big on presenting you with your options and then letting you decide. As in, refinancing to a 30-year loan will make your payment this and save you that over the 30 years. Or a 20-year refinance will mean this and that. Or you could cash out this much of your current equity and end up with this and that. If you'd like to see your options, know that we're committed to never pressuring even one word FM listener. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melvin, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. 
Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mainly clear for tonight, low 65. Partly sunny for tomorrow, high 87. Wednesday night, clouds low 67. Clouds and sunshine on Thursday, high 83. Sunshine and clouds Friday, high 81. Saturday, clouds and some sun with a high 83. Sunday, high 82. With the Iraqi Weather Forecast, I'm Andy Robb. Reports uh, out of California where there are multiple mega churches that have um, been meeting for worship. Uh, people in, in the thousands have gathered mm-hmm. shoulder to shoulder. Most yeah. people, of course, not wearing masks and, um, you know, just doing it proudly. Now, of course, California is a little bit different than us in Western Pennsylvania or the state of Pennsylvania in that, you know, they were, they were doing fine. And then, of course, the virus exploded. The governor of California said, we're going to shut down restaurants, hair salons, nail salons. You know, we're kind of back to, what were we first? We were red, yellow, green. So I don't right. know what was that red. You know, a lot of society in California really has been tamped down for better or worse, depending upon whatever you're thinking, right? Your political stripe about this whole crazy pandemic thing. Right. However, these churches have met. And, you know, if you're running a a hair salon, you look over and you go, wait a second, I can't go to work, but there's, you know, 2000 Christians gathering for worship on a Sunday or a Wednesday. What does that mean? So I, I wonder where we are right now, as far as you listeners and the state of your worship. Where are you? I mean, um, the church I belong to, we have not met since March. This Sunday is going to be the first Sunday that we're going to be back together. Uh, to be honest, uh, I have no intention of attending. Um, okay. As much as I miss it, I'm just not going to, not yet. I'm not going to go inside. I, I was surprised to hear John Kessler, who was with us during the 4 o'clock hour, say that his church has been meeting five for five weeks or so without masks, and they are singing. They're in Michigan. They're in Michigan. Yeah, upper Michigan. You know, a little more rural area, I suppose, mm-hmm. right? Right, right. Um, what do you think? What's the state of your – are you willing to go to worship now? Uh, are you in worship right now? I mean, I, I know some people have been meeting, you know, 25, 50 people in a congregation. Um, I don't know. Are you hungry, Kath? Are you ready to go back? I uh... – it's very. I'm not a good person to ask, to be brutally honest with you. All right, let me ask Mike. Because I've been on a church staff. Would you say? Let me you ask Mike. Asking. No, no, no. Well, I just. I feel. I feel like it's not that my opinion doesn't count, but um, because I work at a church and because I have been um, up at the crack of dawn every Sunday for the last, you know, thirty years. Yeah. Um, as part of my job, not having to do that has been such an unbelievable joy to me. Sure, yeah. Um, that I just I've really, really appreciated not having Sunday morning be such a rush, you know, pedal to the metal. Yeah. Like it's been my, you know, almost most of my adult life. And okay. so this to me, like I'm just so into it. I just really appreciate it. And I can focus so well on the sermon that I was just never able to do before. Right. So I the Zoom. I've never been able to do that. So you're loving the Zoom aspect I am, of church. Or yeah. the just the stream. Yeah. Mike, uh, are you back in church physically? 
Physically, physically, no, no, and I, I'm not going to go back for a while. I, I'm just not. Is your I church mean, meeting? My church is meeting. It's been me- actually meeting for the last two months, and oh. um, I don't know. I just, I just, my wife ha- has uh, grandparents that are still living. I don't want to make them susceptible to anything. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. Um, and 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 you know, I just, I do miss it though. I do miss it. Um, yeah, I. Until they find a vaccine, maybe uh, then I'll I'll, I'll think about going. I'll think about, but I mean, who knows when that's going to come out? But, right. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other matter. That's layers right. of complexity right. as well. I mean, I read something. I saw something yesterday. The Google Google Worldwide is not going to invite their employees back into the workforce until next, next summer. Summer. I couldn't believe when I read that. Holy. Next summer. Jiminy Christmas. Okay, so uh, then, okay, so Mike's church is open. My church is going to open this Sunday. What about you, listener? Is your church open? Have you been to church physically recently? I mean, are, is your church open for worship? 800 320 8255. 800 320 8255. Are and, you going? Yeah. What do you think of it? I, I guess I don't even. I don't know if it much matters whether you're going in person or you're going online. Oh, it matters. But, but John, the question to me is whether you're engaged. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the Zoom thing. I really do. But I miss what I really miss. I mean, I miss a lot of things. I mean, I miss being with everybody and singing. I miss hearing the pastors. I mean, there's just something that's so deeply communal. It's kind of, it's a bad analogy, but you know, it, it's a theater thing that everyone is together involved. We're right. all on the same road. We're all in the same room together. And, and then of course, after church, I like to catch right. up with everybody and see where everybody is. You know, the, you know, the old folks and, you know, their illnesses and tell me what's going on. Oh, there's a new baby. There's a baptism. I miss all that. But I, I don't know. I'm in no hurry to go back. I, to be honest, I really am not. Um, and I know people kind of out there probably, you know, you know, clicking their tongues going, you idiot, you know, this is all made up. It's all, you know, the government whole kind of thing. I've heard that thing, right? People, I, I don't know. I don't want to go back. I, I feel better safe than sorry. As much as I miss it, I would prefer to stay back. But where are you? 800-320-8255. Are you going to church? If you're going to church, man, I'd love to hear that story. Maybe act as a means of encouragement for us. Encourage us to go back to church because that'd be the great thing to do. Or are you are you like me? Are you fearful and would just prefer not to do this again? Until such time as like Mike saying, what, until there's a vaccine? Who knows how long right. that's going to be? Right. 800-320-8255. Are you headed back to church? Is this something and you know you're, you're looking not, forward to? Are you still engaged? Yeah. Either way. All right. Oh, yeah. Are you still engaged? So are you watching the streaming service? Okay. We'll take a quick break. Should we take a break? Yep. Okay. We'll take a quick break. Come back and pick up your phones. 800-320-8255. We'll be right back. WORD, Dr. Michael Youssef. As long as we value our comfort and our acceptability to the culture, as long as we cherish legion and entertainment above the Word of God, Satan is going to have a heyday as he goes on a rampage, albeit still subtle. Be challenged. 
This week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. Do you feel like there are more unanswered questions and few honest explanations about why so many of our liberties are under attack? Find out how we get back to a place of order and normalcy when you stream Morality in the 21st Century on Salem Now. Dennis Prager and Dr. Wayne Grudem confront the toughest social issues we face, and through never-before-told personal stories, you get a clear direction for a visionary future for this nation in this on-demand video special. Visit SalemNow.com to stream Morality in the 21st Century and type in the code Pittsburgh for a 20% discount. That's SalemNow.com. Talking about going back to church, or maybe not going back to church. Our question for you is, are you still engaged? What are you planning on doing? Is your church one of the ones that's back in session? Is your church hanging, saying, no, we're not ready for this yet? We'd love to hear from you and what you think about the decision. 800-320-8255. First up, we've got Jackie. Jackie, welcome to the program. What are you doing this Sunday? Well, hi there, Kathy. Yes, I have been back to church for uh, about five weeks. Mm, Um, We did go on vacation to Myrtle Beach, and so the pastor did ask my husband and me if we would stay away for two weeks, and we said yes, we would. So I'm looking forward to going back again this Sunday. Um, I really missed it. I missed it very much. Um, I just think there's something to be said for that community of believers seeing yeah. each other, taking the masks off for a little while at a, you know, physical distance, smiling at each other. Um, we've only sung one song, and um, we were invited to sing or not as we felt comfortable. The pastor kept this service shorter, 
And um, I volunteered to help clean the church in between, and then he bought some kind of thing that sanitizes the church so everyone would feel very comfortable, and I think we all did. And I missed it. I really missed it. And how many people were at the worship service, Jackie, generally? Well, we have a very small church. We're a very active, outgoing church. We have a lot of um, um, outreach, but I would say maybe 50 people. That's good. All right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate the phone call. Thanks, Jackie. Appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, the phone number 800-320-8255. The question is, what are you doing for church? Are you watching online? Are you going in person? And are you still engaged after this really difficult and weird last four months that we've all lived through? Um, 800-320-8255. Mike, who do we have next? Debbie, welcome in. Debbie, what are you doing on Sunday? Um, yeah, I'm going, uh, to be honest, I love just staying home and watching in my PJs, but I'm going to encourage the pastors and the staff. Um, it's very safe. We do masks. We do, um, the pews are every third pew and then there's, you can, can't sit near people. And so it's very distant. Um, the bad news is it's sort of depressing because there's, you know, only a handful of people there. But the good news is, is you talk to people that you didn't talk to before. So mm, okay. it's still good. Okay. Yeah. Good. And generally, how many people in the congregation, Deb? Oh, 200, 250, and there's maybe 30 people show up. Wow. 30 okay. people. Interesting. Okay. All right. Hey, yep. thanks a lot for that. Yep. Appreciate the okay. phone call. Uh, Let's right. keep going. Yeah. Let's find out. Yeah. Okay. Who's up next, Mike? Jody. Jody, welcome in. Tell us about your Sundays. What are they like? Um, well, I have been going to church for the past six weeks. Wow. Um, our church is. Yeah, our church is very large. Um, however, our church practices the social distancing. They block off every other row. You have to sit okay. six feet apart from the next family. Um, we wear masks. Um, now that they're mandated, it's required to attend our service. Before, when it was not mandated, it was optional. Um, my family, we have always worn the mask, whether it was optional or not. But right now, it's since it's mandated by the governor, they are required to wear masks. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I like going to church better. I like gathering with other believers and worshiping. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm glad to be back in the services. Excellent. And so generally, how many people used to attend and how many people are there now? Oh, wow. Um, I attend a very large church. It holds like 2,000 people. Okay. <laughs> and so there's three different services. There's a Saturday evening and two Sunday services. So typically, you'd probably have a few hundred people at every service. Right now, um, I've been to the variety of the services, and there's probably about a hundred or plus people at each service. That's still pretty good. Okay. All right. Thanks, Jody. That's good. Yeah. That's, thanks for checking in. Thank Let's keep going. All right. All right. Norm? Yes. Is that right, John? Is that right? What's your name, Mike? Is that okay? Hi, Norm. Welcome in. What are you doing on Sunday? Uh, we've been going back to church probably uh, for about, about six weeks as well, I believe. Wow. Um, and and I, I love it. I, I It was not the same for. Um, just you know, via uh, Facebook or um, or just you know so, uh, social media or streaming. Um, there's there was just something for me about uh, where two or three are gathered together in His name, and I I simply don't know if that applies to the you know to the social media end of things. But I love love going, love uh, catching up with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, I'm, I'm blessed to teach a, a young adults class, and I. I I, I learn honestly more from them than I, I think they learned from me. And I, I just missed it, and I love being back. 
Okay. Now tell us about the service. Are you singing? Yes. Yes, we are. Okay. All right. Singing, yes. Do you? Is the service shorter? Is anything different about it than it was? It's uh, it, it is a little it is a little shorter. We we've adopted the uh, the social social distancing, and I think everyone is just trying to be conscientious of of other people's uh, of other people's space and other other people people's uh, beliefs. Um, there's some that some people that don't wear masks, uh, and 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 there are those that do, and and we just are are just trying to be respectful of of what what other people believe through this and just what they practice and. If a believer is wearing one, then we, you know, we try to make sure that we're cautious about that. And if not, that we we try not to demonize or, or just looking at look at them as a, as you know, a walking contagion. That's good. Norm, yeah, walking <laughs> good, contagion. Uh, Norm, I I don't mean need you to be like terribly specific, but what part of uh, the area do you live in? I'm in uh, Westmoreland County. Uh, our church okay. is in uh, Jeanette. Got Jeanette. It. Very okay. Good. All right, Norm. Thanks for your call. Thanks an awful lot. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 800-320-8255 is the number to call to be part of the conversation. 800-320-8255. Uh, caller, you're up next. I'm sorry, but we don't know your name. Hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Hi, you're on the air. Hello? Um, hi, my name's Bob. I'm from PA and um, um, we've been meeting for a while. We got, we actually have an elderly, elderly gentleman that wears a mask because he has some respiratory issues, but, you know, we respect that. We don't force we don't force the mask rule, but we say if people want to, they can wear it. If they don't want to, then then they don't have to. But um, you know, we try to social distance. But I got I got a question for uh for you for you, John. I was wondering um, what exactly did did MacArthur say about uh them meeting at church? If you don't mind me asking, I don't want to waste your time. Uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I could sum it up without sure, reading his his exact statement because it was very lengthy. His statement was actually the sermon that he preached on Sunday. Um, okay. Bob, I would say that his perspective is that uh, California um, overreached that in in the governor's prohibition against meeting that is um, you know without end. Basically, said until further notice, um, you're not supposed to meet. Um, in groups of larger than, I think, I don't know if it's 10 or it's 20 in California right now. But John MacArthur said that that was too far. And that um, this is one of those moments when the church has to stand up and say, no, you know, we're we're not going to give in and we're not going to cede what is most important to us, which is the gathering together of all the believers. Right. He said this, quote, this is from a quote, many people don't understand why we would do this. We understand that. We understand that the world does not understand the importance of the church. Um, of course, nobody understands. I mean, you know, unless you're a believer yourself from the outside looking in, and it does. So he, he goes on, quote, as his people, we are subject to his will and commands as revealed in Scripture. Therefore, we cannot and will not acquiesce to a government-imposed moratorium on our weekly congregational worship or other regular corporate gatherings. Compliance would be disobedience to our Lord's clear commands, end quote. So that's it, Bob. Yeah, I mean it's pretty black and white for John MacArthur. Yeah, Bob, you still with us? Tell me, yeah, tell me if I'm uh, over over um if it if the time's out. But one more question: yeah, What is ahead. your take on what on what MacArthur said? 
Um, my take is that, um, I mean, I think, you know, every Christian has to live according to their conscience and how they, um, how they, uh, you know, understand the role of state and church to interact. Um, I feel like this is to me not a situation where the government is specifically persecuting the church. If there were, um, there was a prohibition in California where any group could meet. Um, that was over 25 people, except if you're at a church and the church is the only group that's pro- prohibited from meeting, then I would say, okay, well, that's something different. Clearly, that's some kind of persecution from the state. Right. Um, no, I, I, I think it's just a, you're, it's a poor witness. I mean, you know, there's rules in places in place right now. The government's saying, don't do this. But all of a sudden, you know, you're lifting yourself and your wants and needs to worship together above this, what the state is asking you to do. I just think, you know, for people who are, you know, have businesses, whatever that is, they're not able to, you know, go out and make their living. But it's okay for you as a believer to go and do this and to gather against the government's edicts. I just think it's a poor witness for the gospel. I think it's also good to say that you have to be able to look at what the state's doing and decide if that is for, if, if they're striving for the good of the people that they're um, administering. And in this instance, there's a pandemic. And I believe that the, the state is authorized to be working on all of our behalfs. And instead of fighting against it, I think that it would be helpful if we were, you know, good citizens that said, okay, we'll do our best. I'm not saying, I'm not saying every government's always right either. And I'm saying it's a hard question. So I understand that John MacArthur has chosen something different. Right. We need to take a quick break, but uh, we're taking your phone calls right now. Go to the phones at 800-320-8255. Is your church meeting? And if it is meeting, are you attending? And what do you make of all this? Uh, do you miss church? Are you happy to be back? Are you singing? Are you wearing masks? We're just taking the temperature where everybody is. Stick around. For more than 20 years, investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney has traveled across the globe in search of patterns of evidence to support some of the Old Testament's most miraculous events. Now, with the Red Sea Miracle Part 2, Journey to Egypt and Beyond, as Tim interviews some of the world's foremost experts to discover the truth. Is there evidence of how and where the host of Israelites could have traveled as recorded in the Bible? Is there evidence of the Egyptian army's demise in the Red Sea? If you've seen the first part of this investigation of the Red Sea Miracle, you won't want to miss the continuation. The results of his pursuits are faith-affirming and fascinating. You must see Patterns of Evidence, The Red Sea Miracle, Part 2. To see this powerful documentary and others in the series, go to SalemNow.com and use the promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Pittsburgh. Facing a layoff near retirement? You may have some important decisions to make regarding your 401k. If you don't work there, should your money stay? This decision could be important to achieving your retirement goals. This is Ethan Lane, Associate Advisor with Accurate Solutions Group. Our team has worked with many families with these types of decisions and understand your options. With taxes at historic lows, we can look at options for your 401k that could save you on taxes down the road. 
Our team at Accurate Solutions Group is offering a 10-step layoff survival guide. For your complimentary copy, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Accurate Solutions Group is ready to assist you. For your copy or to schedule your complimentary 401k review, call or text REVIEW to 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Neither the firm nor its representatives can provide tax advice. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. For nearly 40 years, Central Christian Academy in Houston is where pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to become top of the class. Learn more at ccaschool.com. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. WORD celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at wordfm.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group, Salem Surround, and this state. Happy to have you with us today. We're talking about what church is like now, whether you're still engaged with an online service, whether you're showing up every Sunday and how many people are coming, are you singing, whatever you want to share share with us. But the main question, are you still engaged? 800-320-8255. Who do we have? We have Karen here. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? Well, Karen, what are you doing on Sunday? Well, um, I, I forget how many weeks, maybe about five. Um, we've been oh. attending in person. Mm. Um, it's a very small congregation on a busy Sunday, maybe 20 people. Okay. Um, everybody but just a couple wear a mask. Uh, actually, this coming Tuesday, no, I'm sorry, this coming Sunday, we're going to vote on the Presbytery has decided that we have to either go you have to wear a mask or you can't get in the door or not. Okay. I'm hoping they vote not, but I don't care. I wear a mask. So, but that's coming up this Sunday where the congregation will decide. Hmm. Okay. So some people have said, if we have to wear a mask, they're not coming anymore. What? Right. How Karen, can that be a deal breaker? Okay. Yeah. Is that yeah. just because they don't want to be told what to do or do they just hate wearing a mask? Well, for one gentleman, I think it is he hates being told what to do, um, yeah. which I think is sad because he's quite a leader in the church. He does an awful lot, so mm-hmm. uh, I don't know that I can convince him otherwise, though. Right. But I just yeah. wanted to to say to you guys that I, I, I don't know if you're—I didn't hear enough of your conversation to know if you're afraid. You and John each are afraid to attend because of the coronavirus. But don't let Satan put that fear and keep you away. No, Karen. Yeah, that, well, that wasn't the case. Our church hasn't been meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is the That's... first Sunday that our church is going to going to meet. Oh wow, wow! God bless you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, God bless you. Thanks, calling, thanks for that phone call. 
All, All right, right. Well, so, I'm surprised. I mean, yeah. um, it looks like church is open for a lot of from a lot of people. I mean, all those yeah. callers. I mean, not one person didn't call and said we're not attending. So maybe uh, my church and maybe your church, we're sort of behind the times here, Kat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be the case. I don't know. I um, I, we're going to come down to the mask thing again. But I just, I hate wearing a mask. I hate it. I hate everything about it. But I mean, you look I so good it. in it. Yeah, I really do. I mean, yeah, <laughs> everyone so looks so beautiful. I mean, but I do it. So just because you don't like it doesn't mean you don't do it. No, no, it's the, like it's like it's like what Karen said. Gosh. People don't want to be told what to do, or well, it's it's bad science. Well, so then right? there's how, no science you, here. So how are you a Christian? Because God tells us what to do all the time. I don't know. All the well, time. The government's different because you know people's distrust of the government is oh, huge in this country. You know that's how it is. Were given instituted above you for a reason. Anyway, we are certainly appreciate uh, your time here with us as we uh, look at the issues of the day with Jesus in the middle. And uh, your conversation is always welcome here. Listen, we're always on Facebook as well. You want to chime in there, and of course, email. You can find us any way you want to. We're not uh, we're not running away. We're sticking around. So thanks as always for being with us. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Having a great have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.